what are the no-nos of, uh, of podcasting in your experience? What, what's the shit that you hate in the podcast? Uh, <laughs> I, want, I want it to have good flow. Like I want the whatever the person's talking about or whatever. It's like if you listen to like talk radio or something on NPR, mm-hmm. if they're just like talking about something, <laughs> rap, rambling on. I'm like, all right, well, I'm back to my music because I, my, my head's, I can't pay attention to this. <laughs> but the main podcast I listen to is just like two guys talking to each other. Yeah. But then you know, and then there's other ones like Mark Maron and stuff. Yeah. yeah but Mark he like, I don't mind Mark Maron, but he sometimes. That, I mean, that's his shtick. He, like, throws himself in it. So, you know. So oh, the, the, the monologue at the beginning? Yeah. 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 But that's his thing. You know? that's his yeah, for sure. Yeah. People got to know about what's going on in Mark Maron's world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that shit. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't need people to know that much about me. <laughs> it's, it's not being mysterious or anything. It's just... I think it's. I'm not. I'm not that interested, really. (laughs) Well, I think it's just kind of nice when you just hear about it, like by word or like, like you know, everything's so blasted in your face now. It's like, oh, how'd you hear about this record? Like, I was at the record store and I heard it. Oh, how'd you hear about that book? Oh, my friend was reading it at the cafe and it sounded interesting. Now it's just. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'm a millennial. I'm on. I'm on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can just put in your story. Yeah, you've cut. You've cut down on the Instagram, huh? <laughs> Me? Yeah, you've been uh, abstaining. <laughs> kind of. Uh, I mean, I wanted to. I did that. I did that thing as I was telling you. I took a big break from it for like mm-hmm. a month and a half, from like the end of November of 2017 to yeah. like the first couple of weeks of January 2018, because uh, I wanted to not be on my phone all the time and I didn't have any shows or anything coming up so I'm like well I don't need to post about anything so which is crazy for you you seem to have shows like well that's yeah. several a week or something because <laughs> 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 you play in 17 bands <laughs> well I'm more like three or two and like two in a project and one of the guy that I'm in a project with is in one of my outfits but no it's it's if I have like events coming up or if I'm playing a show I want to tell people just like that's me looking at them talking about it yeah. I think I think you making postcards and putting the places is your way of posting an event on Instagram except yours is more personal because it's a tangible thing as opposed to just swiping and then like yeah no I'm, yeah like I have reverting I think, to old school marketing I think like I have postcards. like six of your postcards on my phone yeah I have a lot of po- I mean I, I usually make at least a couple a year yeah sometimes more depending on what's going on yeah but uh, I wish I wasn't on Instagram as much, but it's also a good time killer. But then, also, so is reading. <laughs> so is, yeah, you know, watching a, a good movie. What, what are you reading? Are you reading anything right now? Or were you, st- you were reading Sam Shepard last yeah, time we were talking about books. Last night at the show, Sam and I got into book talk because uh, Reavers, who plays Negative Scanner, Matt Reavers, he mm-hmm. works at Myopic. Yeah, yeah. And he likes, he, he knows my style, so he knows what I like to read. But um, <laughs> when Sam and I did that weekend in April, we uh, got stranded, well, not stranded, but like our music equipment was still at the spot. Paul's like, I can't get there till three. Mm. Like, well, there's nothing to do in Lafayette except like eat food and go like kind of look around, people watching. We went to the bookstore, so we bought each other books. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, you should buy me a book and I'll buy you a book. And he's like, all right, deal. So <laughs> he, 
And then it just coincidentally enough landed to be that we bought books of each other, of authors or playwrights that died in the same year. So I got him a Dennis Johnson book. Um, I got him Train Dreams because they didn't have Jesus on. Oh, okay. And he got me uh, Sam Shepard plays. It is my first time reading plays, so I'm like kind of hooked. But uh, I was like totally, like True West was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I missed, they just did a play of it uh, at, at the Steppenwolf in late August and I missed it. I'm really bummed. Really? They yeah. Did. They oh. didn't run it for very long, but I, okay. I really wanted to see it. Huh. But um, I took a break from him and started reading this one woman, Sarah Kane. She was a British playwright. But oh, another playwright? Her shit's like bleak. It's a little yeah. dark because she's, I mean, she's not living anymore. Her, her, she had such an emotional turmoil on herself that she you know, took her own life. But where was she from? Is she recent or? I think it was from the 90s, oh, like okay. the early to mid 90s. I don't know. But her, uh, her stuff really struck a chord with, uh, I think, the, U, the UK, like, you know, and plays and stuff like that because it was very vile and vulgar and, and serious, <laughs> you know, uh, subject matter, not just like intense drama, but also very intense subject matter. How'd but you I, find her? Um, Reverse, yeah, I was in, I was in my outfit, just kind of sh uh, shopping around, or looking around, and I was like, you know, what's something similar to Sam Shepard, or something along that, I've been reading plays, mm. and he's like, oh, you should check this out. Mm. And I, I couldn't even get through the first play, it was pretty fucking, I yeah. Had, yeah, I had to put it down. Um, but I went back to Raymond Carver. Oh, cool. So I'm, I'm back, I'm back, I'm yeah. back reading him. I just got this. It's a, it's a new book. What's this? It's written by this guy. It's gotten a lot of press. It's, it's a guy who's, I think he's still in jail or or was recently in jail. He was like a drug addict and bank robber, like dirtbag kind of guy. And he's he like, written this book. Did he write it so far? Did he write it in jail? Yeah, I don't know the whole story. I've, I haven't read too much about it, but it's been getting a lot a lot of play. It's pretty good. I like this cherry by Nico Walker. Yeah, you see, see the skull on there? No, no, no on, the, on the cover. <laughs> Whoa! You see it? <laughs> Holy shit. That's a mind. <laughs> yeah. Things aren't what they seem to appear until yeah. you Truthy. Take, take a few, step <laughs> a few paces back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that looks cool. Yeah. Yes. Now let me know down the line. Maybe I'll look out. I've been. I always have like a. And same with records. I always have like a want list in my brain. Yeah. And lately, also when we were talking, when Sam and I went on that weekend, we were talking about like musicians and like their autobiographies or something. Oh yeah. That's when you write about yourself, right? Autobiography. Yeah. yeah. They. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about like John Fahey. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I never read that John Fahey book. Drag City put it out, so I came yeah. back home and ordered it. Yeah, um, haven't started on it yet because I've just been kind of reading these like plays and short stories. But I guess he kind of stretches the truth into. You well, know, he made all kinds of shit up. I mean, he made a blues man up, you know, Blind Joe Death. I kind of like that. Like just yeah. kind of. Well, yeah, no, he got people to I, like act like what they knew about him. Like, yeah, totally. Like these music dorks to like like. He totally tricked a bunch of people. He totally pulled Andy Kaufman on. Yeah, yeah, like that, that style. Um, but we, we were also talking about like Charles Mingus. Yeah. Then, and I was like, man, he's, he's like, you should get one beneath the underdog. And I, I didn't like that book. I don't know. I, I, I didn't even finish it. I, I was kind of, I was kind of annoyed at him. Can I, can I buy your copy? 
<laughs> I, I think I sold it back. Okay, all right. Yeah. It was like, I mean, you can find one. They're not... I can't, no. I was really? talking to Matt about it. Really? Yeah. You're not finding them? They're, they're around. I'd like to more or less... I mean, I do buy stuff on the internet, but I'd like to more or less find it organically. Sure. No, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I found it at some bookstore at some point. Like a newer... Yeah. Like they, they, they reissue it every once in a while, I think. Yeah, I just found it really kind of like... Mm. Kind of braggy, you know, like he's, and he made up a lot of shit about himself too. That's, but, that's what I mean, doesn't he? Like, sh stretch that truth. Yeah, better. which which I wouldn't mind if it was, it was just so like self-aggrandizing, you know, like it, he was like such a, I don't know, a little too satisfied with himself for my taste. But I like his musical. But he also wrote a book. I mean, Jesus, he like wrote a fucking book called How to House Train Your Cat. <laughs> Because he couldn't fucking find a, he couldn't find a book on how to oh, house train your cat. Yeah, like how to house train your cat. Always, always have my eye looking out for that one too. <laughs> I don't need these things, but I just want to own them. Which is like, come, you've seen my apartment. You've seen all the shit that I got there. <laughs> so what's uh, how how far along are you guys with that mute duo recording thing? So we did some edits yesterday, yeah, and they're coming along really really nicely just kind of cut the fat off like the excess yeah. you know stuff that you know like it's all really cool you know half that stuff was I think like I told you before like maybe only about three songs we went into or three ideas like three yeah. uh, written motifs gone in there and like recording it the rest is just kind of made up in the studio and I, I was gonna ask about that so a lot of it's just improv I could improv, yeah right? well we had access to instruments that we usually don't you know we there's piano yeah. I actually feel like a musician. I play Wurlitzer <laughs> on there. Which you, I mean, you're trying to say a drummer is not a mu actually a musician. No, but like you know, I, like I put hands on a keys on a recording, and I'm like, holy but shit. But a piano is a piano is a percussion instrument anyway, too, in a way. You know, yeah, I mean, rhythm. A lot of people think of it as a percussion instrument. Using the left hand as at the bass, but yeah. uh, for rhythm. But yeah, I don't know. It just it felt cool because I've never done that before in a studio. Yeah, I'm always just doing like drums and percussion, which is you know that's what I love. But uh, so wait, next it's gonna be like the Skylar Rowe big band. <laughs> I don't even know. No, I'm just well. That's I mean that's what the grouper show is. That's oh yeah, oh, yeah. how many people are you having? Eight. So it's Sam and I plus six other musicians all at once. Or? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. It's like are you gonna rehearse that or, we've been, or we've, are you just gonna show up? And no, no, no. We've been rehearsing it. It's oh, two, really? It's two of the songs from that session, uh, from that recording session. And then, and then Sam wrote kind of a uh, like a long-winded uh, drone thing for the for the. The reason we call it an ensemble is because it's strings mainly. I mean, there's you know. Uh, what do you have, violins or...? Yeah, uh, Billie Jean Howard oh. on violin, Nora Barton on cello, uh, Nick McCree on bass. Um, my friend Jesse, who plays in Rash, he is doing like auto harp, but like it's kind of like an estranged, like huh. dingy one, and he's playing like saw and like oh, okay. tape loops. He's making noise on yeah. noises with it. Yeah, he's really good at textured feels, so... Um, hmm. But, uh... And then, like, Bruce Lamont's doing, like, reads and vocals, and Ben Lamarguez playing cornet, and, like, I think probably coincide with, like, percussion, hand percussion. And then Sam and I do ripping our duo, so I'm really excited. Cool. I'm, yeah. like, so... Is that, like, your biggest show? Yeah, like, I've, for this I've, band? I've, yeah. Never, I've never played a show. Yeah, I couldn't believe 
I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't gone to any of those cemetery shows. They're pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, you get out there. Is it just outside or is it? Yeah, this is an outside one, so it's. Oh, some are inside? There's an inside? They end the fall, like late fall, winter. They kind of line them up with the equinox, like the yeah. lunar or moon yeah. type, type stuff. And uh, this, so that's why it's on a Sunday. But uh, they are totally uh, having this one outside. I'm really excited. Yeah, a lot of people, they just bring their chairs or uh, they can sit on the lawn or bring a, you know, bring a blanket and sit out. Snacks? Have a weenie roast? Cut, yeah. Weenie well, roast at the cemetery? They, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they can, you know. No, that's, that's probably fire. not allowed. Um, well, that's cool. So that's, that's, that's the latest thing. So how, how'd you get dragged into this whole music racket anyways? Where did it start? Like in life? Yeah, like, sure. Uh, like at two? Were you like banging on a can or something? No, like two-year-old Skylar? No. When did it start? I come from a musical family. My dad's side. Oh. Uh, my dad plays drums and my uncle Rodney plays guitar and uh, their dad, Dick, he played, uh, he played mandolin and guitar when they were growing up. Huh. So, What kind of music? Mainly country and uh, like old timey bluegrass. I yeah. think my grandpa would play. I never met my grandpa. He he passed away two years before I was born. Oh okay. So he passed away in '87. He was the war guy, you know, truck driver. That's a, yeah. you know, he was in wars, you know, did that mm -hmm. thing. But um, so I never met Dick. So from what I hear, he's a nice guy, but he was also a hard ass. So mm. you know, he's Indiana, Indiana Hoosier. You know, back, back, back. So, yeah, um, I didn't start playing music until I, my dad saw that I had like a, a taste for rhythm. You know, they would jam with my uncle and we'd go to my dad, my Rodney lives in Tampa. So I would go and play drums when I was like this little kid. I'm like four or five and I'm like hitting these drums yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. And they're playing like, you know, I grew up on like Neil Young and yeah. stuff like that. I, remember, I can still remember them playing like Cinnamon Girl and shit like that. <laughs> so that was your dad was playing drums too. Or? Yeah, yeah, my dad. So you kind of learned from from watching him, or yeah, just like he would jam with his friends in you know in Indiana. And, uh, growing up, uh, I didn't get a drum kit until I was ten, but I always have like a thing for music or like sounds and my mom says when I was a real young kid I would like repeat commercials oh yeah so like I like sing a lot like like do all the sounds of them or yeah maybe maybe like melodies but more yeah. like if it was like funny or goofy to me or if it was like a noise maybe yeah. I would like try to repeat the noise or I would just it's like a little blurb yeah and it's almost like mocking to a sense so I do mock things if I'm around someone I'm really comfortable with uh -huh. it sounds like I'm mocking if they say something and I'm not even in the conversation, but yeah. I'll just like repeat back what that person said, even though I'm not in the conversation. I do it to Jimmy a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. They'll be talking about something and I'm just like there cleaning it and then <laughs> it'll be like, it'll be like something, something, something. You know what I'm saying? I'll be like, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I just like fucking repeat it. And I just, I don't know. It's like, I don't want to mock, but like, so I guess my mom says like I did that when I was like really young, but I, I always have like a taste for like just listening or things around me and weird well, shit. Well, I mean, that's how kids learn in general. You repeat yeah. what you hear and that's that's how you get stuck in your head or you yeah. change it into whatever, your own thing. Yeah. But, but it wasn't until 10 I got my own drum set and then from there just 
let it rip. I was just listening to a shitload of metal and so you started with metal was like a yeah thing. Yeah, I was like a, I was like a metal kid. Yeah. So, what was the first band you were in? You said you're like you got into music like listen like your your dad had sort of got you into music. Yeah. Um, my dad's more the musical side of the family. So, yeah. You know, I remember playing with my uncle Rodney and uh, my dad. And it was always drums from the beginning? Yeah, because my dad played drums. Right. My uncle Rodney played guitar. He, I tried to learn how to play guitar, but I was never good at it. Like, yeah. I just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> uh, like, I can strum, like, I can play a mean air guitar and look like chord changes, but, like, my fingers just don't match up with chords. But, <laughs> but my body has rhythm, and I, and I can, and, like, it just makes sense if I'm on time or off time. It just, like, makes sense to me. Well, there's a, I mean, you know, one day maybe when you get you get bored or stifled by the drums, you know, there's a rich tradition of drummers, like, going going up front and having their own thing and being, like, either the guitarist or just the front man, you know? Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, try, I tried singing in a band once. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. I did sing in a band and play drums, and I feel comfortable doing that, but I tried, like, singing. There's a whole singing. bunch of those that are great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Robert Wyatt. <laughs> um, Peter Prescott from... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mission of Burma. What uh, Grant Hart? Yeah, uh, lots of them. Definitely. Yeah. Rips Grant Hart. Um, uh, I tried to sing in a band once, and I just get too nervous. Like I can, like, and I just like go all crazy and shit. Like that's how I express my nerves. And so like being behind the drum kit is like nice for me because I have things to look at, and I can look at my bandmates or whoever I'm playing with and beat out the energy, and I don't have to worry about people. Yeah. Because when I play drums, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is fun and. I'm having fun with my friends, and I don't care if I look stupid because I'm having fun. If I'm like up front, then yeah. I'm like, then like the spotlight's like, uh, uh, well, yeah, uh, I mean, but that's that's where you like you see where even like people that have been doing it forever, they'll so put vulnerable. on sunglasses yeah. or something. That, so that's why, yeah. you know, like people that have played a thousand times, they, they do it, either they don't look at the audience or they yeah. they put something in front of them so they're not like psyched. You whatever like I mean there are like natural performers like they're really good at like being on stage and, yeah. I, mean, I can make an ass of myself and not care because yeah. at the end of the day it's like oh it's in the air and it doesn't matter and who gives a shit right <laughs> but um I just I'd rather be behind the drums <laughs> uh but my first band yeah what was your like first band what so was it like I was in this really well this kid that I grew up with Dustin him and I had like a Kiss cover band because I was that was like my first main band was Kiss because yeah. when you're a kid it's easy to get sucked into the rock and roll and all the flashing did you, lights did you actually like their music when or I was a kid yeah yeah there's a level like I for some reason I really love Peter Chris a lot because his story is so detrimental to how like rock and roll fame can be like alright I did this and then the people I'm playing with are literally assholes uh -huh. and I'm, I just want to back away from this and I just want to like like fuck everything and fuck all of you he's like the secret hero of Kiss for me yeah because you know Gene Simmons is just like ugh. and Paul Stanley like and even Ace Freely, like, oh yeah, but he, I think he was like trying to go back in the limelight. I'm like, come on, man, just, just like play with your buddies. And then I get, yeah, I got to record that recording of uh, it was all just Paul, Paul Stanley yeah. stage patter. Yeah. Let yeah. me get this off my chest. <laughs> That's probably the only thing I could say I, I like about Kiss. Yeah, the, the funny thing is like, <laughs> like he doesn't condone drinking or drugs. Like Gene Simmons doesn't, mm -hmm. but then like Paul Stanley is just like you know. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah, that. That's what I'm. Get a little bit of cool cheese. 
man, you know, just yeah, like yeah. crazy shit. And you're just yeah. like, but you're literally not promoting this, yeah. but you're promoting it. So like, you know, just like give me money. And just <laughs> Sure. But you know, when you're a kid, you don't know any better. And that shit's cool, you know. I guess uh, so. I mean, the, you know, you can't, you can't argue with the amazing merchandising. I mean, when, when I was growing up, yeah, I was Kiss lunchboxes, yeah. Kiss cartoon, Kiss everything. I, I had know, a, like, I had some. Figures. Do you have a lunchbox? No, I had some Kiss action figures. Yeah, had, like, the action figures. I, fan, I was, I fanned out hard. Yeah, you know, posters and shit like that. Um, but no, I passed that. Like my first band band was, I was probably like. So how old were you when in, in the Kiss cover band, and what was it called? <laughs> uh, we we were called Black Diamond because all the other Kiss cover bands that are like old dudes that like yeah. fucking suck yeah. like had the worst names like yeah. you know all, like you know Love Gun or you know we wanted to be like Black Diamond you know, we, yeah. thought, we thought it was cool like because we also like love back Black Sabbath and like yeah, yeah. cool like Black Sabbath Black Diamond but we only ever wanted to play songs off like Destroyer and shit like that because that was like you know heavy you know, yeah Detroit Rock City <laughs> God of Thunder. <laughs> It all comes full circle because I'm a huge, huge Melvins fan, and mm-hmm. it makes sense. So I loved, yeah. I loved Kiss, and then I was like done with that. And then I, I really loved the Melvins. Like that and, makes sense. And when was that? Uh, when was the Kiss cover band? When I, I was, uh, God, I think I was like eight or nine. Oh, maybe, wow. maybe seven, eight or nine, something like that. Jesus Christ! Yeah, because but then my dad got me a drum. Like full makeup and everything, or no? <laughs> we did a couple times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where my love for black metal comes in too. Well, that must have been adorable. It was adorable. Yeah, my mom was like, yeah. her first concert was uh, Adam and Adam and the Ants. Yeah, kind of related. My, uh, <laughs> my old man said technically my first concert was Iron Maiden. I was just in the womb. Ah. <laughs> but my first, you know, concert concert was Kiss. It was Kiss, Skid Row, and Ted Nugent. So, so it's like <laughs> before birth, you already, you already had the metal. <laughs> like. Coming into your, yeah. but uh, my, senses. My uh, my first like band band was one, like because my dad got me a drum set when I was ten. Uh-huh. It was like a really shitty like percussion plus kit, and then I upgraded. <laughs> he like really went out for it because he knew I was like practicing hard. Yeah. I was listening to just like a ton of like anything that I thought like drumming was cool. Like I got into Rush because I really liked the bass lines and I really liked the drums. Yeah. And I've always been a huge Pink Floyd fan because uh, I like how that was the mystery of the band. Maybe that's what I like mystery. Like you know, Kiss has like makeup, but you don't really know who they are. There's like mystery. <laughs> Maybe that's why I love the Residents so much. Now. Yeah, but I've only gotten into them in the last like year because you don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> that's not anything like Kiss at all. No. Anyways, I think my first band band was when I was like 13 or 14, like in the suburbs of mm. Indiana, because uh, I now like we now like moved out of the city mm-hmm. and into the suburbs, and I was an angsty little young white kid. What, why'd you move out to the suburbs? Is it a job thing or? Oh, my or? parents have done, been done divorced, and my dad moved back to the country, and, oh. and my mom was dating this other guy. And then they started like heavily dating. Oh, okay. And you stayed with your and mom. And then he right. works for the railroad and got a job working in Hayward. I'll take some more coffee. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So we lived out there like in the West Suburbs. And I just basically just go into school out there, you know. Like, I don't look like anyone else. I'm wearing, like, all black. You know, I'm, like, really into... At this time, I'm into, like, what you would typically think is, like, cool on MTV. You know, like, 
What was cool on MTV when you were 11? For me, it was shit like Slipknot. There's a Slipknot, thing with, yeah. yeah. There's a thing with me and like Mask. I don't know. I think that. Oh yeah. I think that shit's fucking dope. <laughs> but then there's like other things that I thought was like corny, like you know things that were like th things that I was never really big into Marilyn Manson because I'm like, oh, it's just like too showy and like yeah. weird, and, like you know things like yeah. You know, you know, just like bad metal. But I was also getting into other types of music, more indie stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't until later I kind of like tuned down the whole like new metal goth thing. Because I started getting into like punk. Mm -hmm. I got into metal and like shitty metal before I got into punk. So was that what your band when you were 11 was like? Or we, what, so what were you that was a, that was a transition. Uh, we would play like hate breed. <laughs> I don't know any of that music. I know, and you're better off for it. <laughs> so it was like a co it was covers, pretty much. We had or? our own songs, and then we did a hatred cover. What was that one called? What the band? Faceless. Faceless. <laughs> <laughs> so from so, Black Diamond, it went to Faceless. Yeah. and then and then from there, uh, <laughs> then I'm in like you know. What would be considered junior high? I was in a middle school. Uh -huh. Then I was like in a band band. Yeah. You know, so then, you know, my first introduction to like punk and hardcore was like Hate Breed. And then they're like, oh, like, let's learn like a minor threat cover. I'm like, minor threat, who's that? And I started listening to like minor threat, bad brains, mm -hmm. uh, black flag for sure. Definitely a lot of that stuff. So did that make you like reject the metal or no? So we were talking about oh about the the transition from the metal band to the um, Faceless, which was yeah. like more of a punk band, you'd say, or oh, Faceless, no, that was, that was metal. Faceless was still metal. Okay. Yeah, but but like there's like in punk and punk and hardcore, like you, it, it's so now it's the the blanket for it is so broad and wide. You know, sure. It's the same thing with all these things that were like a small thing, like punk was just like you know a thing. But now when you say punk, it, 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 it could mean anything. It's the same thing with skateboarding or tattoos. Like, seriously, if they make, if they made a TV show out of it, where like some corporations got their hands on the term itself, sure, then, then it's done. So we were like metal to a sense, but it's like it was like we wanted to be like hate breed or like something stupid like that, and, which is like you know it's it's heavier, more like macho, more machismo. So, oh yeah, yeah, not so like you know when I started listening to. Early, you know, I'm like, oh, like, early, like, early 80s stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's more rock. Like, the drums, I always listen to drums and stuff, so, like, the drums sound way different. They sound more stiff, and they sound more, like, just fast. It's just, like, an explosion of sound. Thank you. And, and that's what got really got me into punk, punk and hardcore. Yeah. Like, the intensity of it. Because metal is awesome, but there's, like, a theatrical sense to it sometimes. Especially with, like, black metal. Like, I love black metal, but... Some of it can be just not what I'm going for, like when I listen to it, or if like a band like presents itself with something. And it's the same thing for a lot of different genres. Like as I've gotten older, I've learned like, oh, I like a lot of different kinds of music, but that doesn't mean I like everything within that genre. Like I love jazz mm -hmm. now, but I don't. Jazz is another one. Like, yeah. what the hell does jazz even mean? It's so much different exactly. stuff. Yeah, well, it's, as it's well, almost yeah meaningless. As, as I'm getting older, yeah. as I've like gone through my musical journey yeah. in life, like yeah. this, when I was younger, I just wanted to play music. Yeah, so, that's the thing. I was like, what's 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 fun for you? 
Right. Oh, it's like, oh, I love to make art. Oh, I love to do this. Oh, I love yes. to sew. I love to. Oh, I love to be a teacher. Something like that. Me, I love playing music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, naming stuff is what other people do to make it to that, so they can describe it in words to somebody else. But it's not, and I mean, there's no other way to do it. But uh, it's it's always kind of limiting. Yeah, you know what I mean. I do. Uh, never really put terms on things here. We're not really, uh, not, we're not Don't really, box me in, man. We're not really official. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> <laughs> like something like reminds me of something that Kurt said yesterday. It's like, what do we want? Space travel. When do we want it? It's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh god. <laughs> Time is just a facet, man. It's all irrelevant. Be here in the now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all that stuff. Oh there. god. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Getting into high school, that's when I was in like like a band band, and we like wanted to record and play. Shows. Oh, really? Yeah, like going to like going to my my first. So how many bands were there from Faceless to this to to the band the real the quote unquote real band? So basically, <laughs> from my junior high band to my high school band. And what was the high school band called? Uh, the Order. <laughs> the Order. Wow. <laughs> well, at the time it was really sinister. Cool. Well, at, the time, at, the, at that time it was really like in the early aughts. It was really fucking cool to have like these band names where they're like mysterious and long, like As I Lay Dying or Poison the Well or Every Time I Die. The something something something. Yeah. The something of the something something something. You know? like, <laughs> I just, you know, so our band name was called In the Order of Melchizedek. Of what? Exactly. Every time we'd have to fucking explain it to someone, and I didn't even really know what it was. Melchizedek was like some kind of like, I don't even know. Like our singer came up with it. We thought it sounded cool. Was it made up? Or no, was it, was no. Like, it was like some dude of some kind of... Oh, so it's like it's like that Saturday Night Live, that, that goth uh, talk show, you know? Yeah. It's Azriel and what's her name? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I love that skit. Yeah. But like it is very it's kind of like that, like coming up with these just yeah. names to make yourself seem mysterious or weird or whatever. But well, well at this time, at this time, with me and music though, I also did marching band. You know? Oh yeah, I've always you know what am I gonna do when I'm in school? I, I love band. yeah, and I got lucky and I ended up getting to go to like a really good marching band program like that. We you know, mm. I don't know if you know who you're talking to. I'm a four year state champion, Dimitri. Okay, four year state champion. <laughs> No, but they, they, like, I'll, they, I'll put it in the show notes before this recording yeah. airs. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, the marching band was cool, and I learned a lot from it. I mean, that's where I like started homing and developing my rudimentary skills. Yeah. But also, again, once I start figuring out or I start understanding like the way a certain type of music or a certain type of collective is, I just kind of back. I like kind of bow out of it because it was the same thing. When I like. It, it, like some of these like macho hardcore bands it's like so there's like in punk and hardcore there's like a term called youth crew which is like you know youth of today or like mm-hmm. girl of biscuits or something I mean yeah there's unity to it but it's a motherfucking boys club it's yeah. like there's so much like they were like letterman jackets and shit sure that's cool yeah. like they can do that that's fine they're meatheads but I yeah, but I, just <laughs> yeah. It, I just thought it was so I mean all the while you know it was the same thing in marching band like I mean there are women in marching band but like the dudes are just like they listen to 311 and fucking like they think it's so you know they think 
what's his notes for fucking Blink-182? Uh, they think Travis Barker is like the best fucking drummer in the fucking world. You know, yeah. like, and it, that was like never my shit. You know? So you, you're on record as saying that Travis Barker is not the greatest drummer in the world. I don't think he's the greatest drummer. I think he's a hell of a drummer. He's, he's really good. He's very talented. He brands himself well. Oh yeah. Yeah, you gotta get paid. But you know, it's like it's just not my shit. You know, that's his shit. I can't talk shit on any of these guys that are more famous. Yeah, you know, I'm not famous at all. But like, yeah, these guys are doing something. You You're know? calling them all out. I don't call them out. <laughs> I just call. I just call it likes a season. This know? is a cr cross. Uh, what a, a shot of, across the bow. <laughs> you have a, a drum off. <laughs> he would probably smoke me because he's he's more of a showman. He's one of those guys that you were saying earlier. It's like he, you could put him up front and he could be like the show. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he you know, he's like now established. Name. He wasn't even like the original drummer in Blink One Eighty Two. Oh yeah. Yeah, he played in like the Aquabats or some shit. You know. And then, Imposter. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. Yes, <laughs> that. But no, but I can. I, I love. I mean, it always cracks me up when like you get into this kind of talk. It's all. It, it's pretty much like it's sports talk. It's sports radio talk. But yeah. it's It's. You're just substituting music, but it's all the same shit. Like oh, it's yeah. this guy, like whatever, dick measuring shit. I you love know, talking that. shit on that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I have an opinion. Yes, I'm human. Thank you. You have an opinion too. Doesn't mean we gotta like beat each other. Beat, beat each other. Actually, that's one reason I love like hanging out with you is because we can go get lunch and like. Yeah. If you tell me about a movie that you saw, and I was like, I saw it. I thought it was really good. And you're like, I fucking hated it. Yeah. And I could be like, well, he's just he's just he's just a whiny opinion guy. He's like, no, it's because that season valid and two is. Yeah, yeah. Like when you went and saw that one movie, I was. Quite frankly, I was kind of shocked. Like, I was which one? The one with Jake Gyllenhaal in it, where he's like the writer and he's like playing himself. You said because the director is like a fashion director, and you're like, fuck this, I'm out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tom Tom Ford. Yeah. What was that called? Uh, with what's your name too? With Amy, uh, Adams. Amy Adams was in it. Yeah. Oh, Nocturnal Animal. Not yes. That and one. I, yeah, and, bugged the shit out of me. Yeah, and like. That that movie like kind of fucking like my girlfriend at the time we like fucking saw that and we were like damn dude like this shit was like like some intense shit like really yeah. intense and because you know it's an intense story and, but I remember you were just like I walked out I couldn't I couldn't handle it I kept waiting for Michael Shannon to show up that's the only reason I really went and I didn't make it I just couldn't sit through it you got to be a little bit more patient there I couldn't do it <laughs> I, I couldn't make it no we we like. Uh, I, I mean, but I, I like I like having conversations with people and like you know agreeing or not disagreeing, agreeing or not agreeing, mm -hmm. you know, or agreeing to disagree. You know, it's, it's why as humans like to have so it makes the world go round. Yeah. yeah, if everybody agreed, that would be a boring fucking yeah. world. If everybody thought stripes were cooler than argyle, but it's like the like the two people that are like no argyle is yeah, cool, and everybody else is like well you know it's like no we live in a stripe world. Well, these people are here like argyle. What about those people who are polka dots? <laughs> yeah, they say variety is the spice of life, right? Yeah, and yeah, I mean the important thing is, and people get a lot of people get super offended, like you're insulting them personally if you disagree with something they liked. But no remorse, I'm good for right now. Uh, I've, I've never ever gotten offended when somebody thought like some opinion I had was stupid or like or, like disagreed or whatever. Yeah, it's not it's not a person it's not a dig at you or at me. You know, you like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. Yeah, uh, I mean, I try not to. Some some people can argue their point better than other people, yeah. but uh, that's a that's another that's a different skill. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what you call what do you call it debate. Yeah, or, or whatever. Uh, uh, and then there's some people like to argue more than others. Yeah, I've, I've been accused of 
liking to argue, but I don't know that I do really. I don't really, I'd rather listen actually. I, I'll listen to somebody uh, tell tell me about something they love, uh, and I'd be totally fascinated by that. And I can disagree with them a hundred percent, and it doesn't matter. Like yeah. I'm totally interested in why you know yeah. listening to somebody talk about something that they love. Yeah, you're trying to pick their brain. Yeah. That's that's a lot more interesting to me than like convincing somebody that some opinion I have is fucking important. Yeah, it's not. It's not. That every, you know, opinions are like assholes, as they say. Yeah, everybody's got one. And, you know, whatever. Yours smells worse than mine, or whatever. You know? There's yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of other ones, but <laughs> like that. But I lost track words. We, oh. we didn't have an agenda. Oh, yeah, that's well, we, well we, you were trying. You were going from the like the metal band to the more punk band, yeah. and then and you were also in marching band at the oh, same yeah. time. So how do you reconcile that? Like, did it did it help? You said it helped like with rudiments and stuff. Yeah. So I yeah. took private lessons with this guy for a bit, and it was almost standard. You had to take private lessons, but um, to be in marching band, you did or yeah, kind yeah. of. You know, I mean, not everybody could do it because they couldn't afford it, but uh, yeah. I mean, at the time, I'm still, like, having fun and going to, like, punk and metalcore shows and whatever. Uh-huh. And, uh, and we're, like, we're talking in the suburbs, so, I mean, it's not, like, in a basement or anything. It, it's a couple of people's houses, maybe, like, when their parents were cool. Yeah, where maybe, were like, these shows? Like, what kind of places? Lions Clubs, VW Halls. Oh, okay, like VFW Halls uh, parents, here. Parents, like, garages, or, uh, it wasn't until I got older that I started discovering, like, you know, actual, like, punk shows. Yeah. And, like, you know. Plays like DIY so they were mostly local bands then, or yeah, yeah. yeah. they weren't like touring bands. If there was a yeah. touring band, it's like oh, they're from like we're in Indiana. It's like they're from Louisville. Like, oh yeah. shit! Like oh fuck! Yeah, These yeah. guys are like big, you know. Like <laughs> I mean, you're like you're like 16, 17. You don't know. Sure. Um, whatever, whatever is on bands or tour you think is cool. That's all you but where did you, did you, you, you were hearing these things on the internet already, or yeah, there like, was internet this is, this, like, this is like MySpace became a huge thing when I was Right, MySpace was big, so yeah, you didn't have to actually just go for flyers or... Well, we did do that because we loved the punk aesthetic, and sure. uh, we, we loved making flyers. Like, we would go, so we were like friends with other local bands and like like the, the, the town next to us so like we're in Avon so like next to us like Brownsburg and then there's Plainfield and then yeah. there's you know Danville and behind us we, they all come to these shows too because it, to us that was like cool as shit that we like know other people in other high schools sure that we can like all gather for this like I mean think about it now yeah the music's terrible but it's the fact that like these group of kids gather to like play music or like let their aggressions out or just like talk shit and they were not just going like to a football game or something. yeah yeah and uh and that was cool like we would was it i mean was our, it our high school got out a little earlier than the others so i remember like flyering like we would get out 15 minutes before so yeah. we just get in our car and just fucking like race right over to like Brownsburg or Plainfield and just go in as the students we let out we'd be like come to this fucking show come to this show it's like five dollars blah 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 and like I remember one time we got in trouble because this teacher was like do you guys even go here like yeah we're coming from Adam Mr. Brown's class okay bye yeah yeah <laughs> so I mean what are they gonna do we're like, we just like weed, weed in with her no, I mean, but all the while doing that with marching band, like, the shows were totally different because that's all, like, organized shit, you know? There's, like, a show that they put on. We didn't really do football games that much. Oh, you did? We, oh. We would do them, like, for homecoming and certain ones, but we were too busy working on, like, our show. For, like, competitions? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. ISSMA, NEA, 
Indiana State School Association, BOA, Bands of America. Mm. Uh, and then it was full year too because it was winter time. And you did that through all of high school or? Yeah, all yeah. high school. Now, the, the way people go about that after high school is if you can afford it, there's a thing called DCI, Drum Corps International. And, and that's for like after your Basically, yeah, like, you know, it's like. Like grown up drum band? Well, you also like, you also age out because you don't want to see like some four year old do out there like marching, like dying. It's usually for people yeah. like who are going to college. Yeah. And that's also drastically different than like college marching band. They do like their college shows. When people think of the movie Drumline, they think like Nick Cannon, like that. That's a very different. That's like, that's like Circle City cl classic. That's like, that's like a different style of that I was exposed to. Hmm. And uh, when I started figuring out, like I loved all the information that I learned. But the people that I was like surrounded by were like these kind of just. They're not bros, but they were just like, like I said before, like they just they all hung out and smoked weed, and I was like straight edge this whole time. So oh, that, you were that straight was, edge, oh, yeah, yeah. like ever. Like, I was, and I wasn't straight edge because I was like macho, just because I was never, like, I was never really big into drugs. Mm -hmm. I'm still not really big into drugs. I'm not a big yeah. guy. Like I don't smoke weed. Though. Did you become straight edge because of like minor threat or? or that like, definitely helped. Yeah, it was like you know something I was identifying with, and like people that I was surrounded by were like you know we like being sober and we like going off and we like living in a cornfield. You know, in Indiana, the great thing about that is how like, how you strict like, were you? Like no girlfriend, no girls either. Oh, no, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you you weren't like a total like not. That's so bad. the X that everyone rules out. No smoking, no drinking. But then it's like oh no, you can still go like date, make out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All the girls in high school were like, glad I don't know any of them. There's that thing now, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you read anything about it, about these guys, where they, they're called incels, involu involuntary celibate, who they're super against, they hate women. They hate women because women give them no time of day, so they've made like a like almost like a religion out of it. So they're just super sad. No, well, they're online like attacking, like they're really aggressive, and they think that they've been like given a, like they've been a raw deal because no woman have, would fuck them, you know. But oh my God. it's it's horrendous, and they they, they Maybe like if you a, relax they, a little bit. No, but they attack women. They do horrible shit. They're called yeah. incels. Yeah, but like a little bit of I I knew some uh, straight edge people growing up and some of them it seems like they made up this little religion for themselves because uh, because they weren't getting anywhere with well either yeah. friends or with with girls or whatever like they made it into like they tried to make a negative into a positive yeah. kind of thing I, I you know what I mean yeah I quickly realized again like I said before most of this stuff it gets like, very dogmatic yeah very I, quickly <laughs> I, I don't like that yeah I'm not into that kind of stuff at all like a crew mentality um, yeah and I noticed that like a fair amount of our friends were doing like you know, straight-edge crews and I'm like mm -hmm. we're not like a gang dude. we're just fucking friends like you just go to stupid shows and just like to laugh about dumb shit make like dumb music because there's nothing else to do mm -hmm. with that like we're not on the street causing bullshit we're like yeah we're just hanging out with each other fun as friends um that's when i like really did not like doing this straight edge thing or whatever and i mean i still like when you know there's still friends of mine i play in a band with like two guys who yes we're straight edge but like they just they're like i just now they're just like no i don't claim straight edge just I, I just fucking on myself, you know. <laughs> I just choose not to drink or do drugs. <laughs> you don't go to the weekly meetings, this, the, whatever the straight edge society. <laughs> I wish. I wish. That, funny you say that because some of those crews out there, they did have meetings. Like I'm sure they do. Yeah. And it wasn't like a hate thing. It was just like we're gonna build our bond. So you mean like 
just be friends. You know, you could just do that without putting like a fucking label on yeah. it. That's like when I was like, you know what, I put a label on like how I live my life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, at, at best, you know, everybody wants to belong to something, so they make up this thing. Yeah. They make it into this crazy like cult or whatever quasi-military yeah. situation, which is really fucking creepy. Everybody wants to have a Rat Pack or a Brat Pack or some kind of yeah, thing yeah. to be a part of. Or, yeah. or some bad bitches club or some shit. Yeah, and... Why can't you just fucking be yourself and have your friends? Because there's, it's, you know, strength in numbers and a bunch of fucking pussies is what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but it's, uh, yeah, so I... If they have a bunch of their friends backing them up, they feel like they're stronger or something. Yeah. Which is, isn't true. It makes him more of a coward, you know? Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, once I, once I got out of high school, I did not go to college. So, uh, I stopped playing music with, like, pretty much most of those people. I did not do the DCI thing, because A is very expensive, and B, I'm like, it just looks like a, like a bro thing, and I just didn't want to be a bro. You want to be a, in a bro down? <laughs> well, I started, I started dating this girl at the time as I was getting out of high school, and she lived in Ohio, and I, like, started playing music in a band with guys out there. They kind of promised me some shit, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go on tour, we're going like, to be on a label, and I'm like, oh, sure. cool. And to any, like, 18-year-old who has, like, ambition, who's, like, just stoked on life and just wants to play music and have fun with friends, like, you know. You thought you had, I was more, that was it, that was going to yeah, be, like, the... Yeah, for a second. You just I didn't travel I, around I, the country playing yeah, music. Yeah. I didn't think I made it or anything. I was just like, well, I'm excited to see what happens, because you don't know where What was that band? That band was called Make the Difference. Make the Difference. <laughs> I hate all these bands. Band so was there one cop saying no to drugs? Oh, yeah. or? <laughs> it, was just, dude, it was just so bad. Like, Make the di- Where did that come from? They, were just, they, were hard, they lost their drummer, and they liked the way that I play, so they asked if I played. No, but where did the name, where did Make the Difference come from? I don't know. You'd have to ask one of those guys. I was just, Be the change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stupid. Yeah, some of these some of these band names, I, it's just baffling. I don't know. Not everything could be cool as Gang of Four. Gang of Four? Yeah, that's a great band name. Yeah. What is it? Gang of Four? Oh, you're Gang of Four? No, is that your? No, that's our band. No, that's who you are. No, that's just us four people, humans. Gang of Four. Yeah. You're a gang? No, we're just me and my mates. You know, no. That's it. I love that name. It's a great band name. <laughs> uh, no. Well, my mom really wanted me to go to college, and my dad was like, well, you can take a year off. And uh-huh. I was like, well, there's no college study guide for, like, how to be, like, in a band. And all you ever wanted to do was just play be in bands, fucking, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to play music. Yeah, so, yeah, why bother with college? Yeah. I didn't know anything else. That's right. I wasn't good at anything else, and I kind of ruled out. So you weren't, you weren't good at school, or...? Uh, so, this is what my mom has said, and I don't know if it's necessarily true. She says if I put my mind to things, I work really hard at it. Uh-huh. So, if I'm, like, really fixated yeah. and focused on something, then that's all I can think about. So, I, like, yeah. I, I drive towards it. And school is, like, you know, there's, like, people I know that are, like, really good at going to school. I'm, like, I'm like how the fuck do you know Because I just been going to school forever, and I like to study, and I like to read yeah. as well. So, I'm, like, well, okay. I, I'm not good at that. But my yeah. mom was, like, if you wanted to do it, you could do it. Because when mm-hmm. you actually pay attention and focus and you care about something. Sure. And then I was like, wait a second, mom. Maybe I just don't care about school. Right. Maybe I want to be a fucking punk and live my life. <laughs> Get out of my room, mom. No, yeah. <laughs> All I wanted was a Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> she said oh, no. Oh my god. Fuck. That's good. That's that's my era. That's, that's, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, they just fucking played Riot Fest or whatever. Like, they were just here, the, the 50-year-old version of that, but, yeah. which is just makes me sad to no end. But 
that's a different conversation. Remember the Jesus was still good. Here, yeah, I was still kicking ass. No, um, but yeah, I, yeah, from high school till now, it's pretty much just been me just playing music with people. And, you know, I, I never was in a band that was like big or like made it. And that's not what I was ever. So, doing. so you got out of high school and that make the difference. It didn't. It didn't no. make a difference. No, it, that, that ended pretty quickly. And oh, it just fell apart and then. Well, I, the money that I had like depleted by the end of the summer, and I hadn't found a job and I hadn't found an apartment. And uh, and you were still around uh, Indianapolis, or, well, or were you in, I would still in Ohio? Back. I was. I was in. I was in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. And I was kind of traveling around. I would like we go to Columbus and play. Show and go around. Maybe down, maybe go down to Louisville and play a show. Just keep it in the Midwest. We did go out to West Virginia and play a show. That was kind of fun and weird, but just I ran out of money and mm -hmm. like I just, just one of my friends who I'm still friends with now and he's still into music and doing cool shit. He like he was like you should probably go home, man. It doesn't seem like because <laughs> like, I started getting sad. I was like, dude, this sucks. Like, I'm not yeah. finding anyone to play music with. And you were, were you living with your girlfriend, or were you? No, living, I was living. Like, you he, were living, he, living with the band. Like, he lived. He lived in a loft. Uh huh. Some nights I would like sleep in my car. Uh huh. Because it was just easier that way. And I was, and I was, you know, like when you're 18, like you're already like up and doing shit anyway. Mm -hmm. So you go to bed super late. And again, not drinking or anything. You're just excited to just yeah. be in the world. Not that, like, you know, the Midwest is any glamorous fucking part of the world to be in, but, like, uh, <laughs> in some degree. Uh, I was, he lived in uh, a, the loft of an apartment building, and I was sleeping on the floor next to him. Oh, okay. And he would let me crash there for, for a few weeks because I would drive him to work. And, I would, and he worked at a skate shop, and I would just kind of hang around there. Uh -huh. And that was fun, you know, I'd be, like, skating. That was, I just, I ended up going back home and then just, like, working. And, yeah. Uh, I didn't play in any bands for a while, but I was just, like, playing my drums a lot. Like, I, I ended up being able to set my drums up in, like, a garage. Of, like, I moved back in with my mom like a couple months so I could save money and then I moved down the way to live with some of the guys that I used to know from like high school so I did play music with them and yeah I don't know but then at that time my mom was like you need to get like a job she's like if you're not going to go to college you need to get a job with like, benefits so you can get like health insurance I mean my mom's always really good about like getting on my ass about that my dad is too but my dad's just like just don't get don't go to jail <laughs> my mom was like you need like health insurance you need to do this and, you know, like any good mother does you know, she's sure yeah about my shit. yeah she knows I just want to go out and like play music and have fun yeah but at the same time like not fuck up my life so well you're lucky to have supportive parents yeah there you know, a lot of people don't yeah I know yeah. Like, trust me my family like my family's really awesome like, yeah my, my inner circle of family like you know the five yeah. or so eight relatives, ten relatives I talk to, uh, often, very often, uh, they're, they're the best, like, they, I think they just, they want to see anybody, like, try to do the thing, you know, they never force me to, like, go to college and say, you have to do this, or you need to have this job, and well, that's I, all, that's all, I, I would, I, I'm going to guess that, yeah, if any of them, yeah, they, from being around you or anybody that meets you, they, they don't get the sense that you're some kind of like miscreant dirtbag that's just like wants to live like the rock and roll lifestyle no, or something. I saw you're that, not one of those guys. I saw that early on. Yeah, yeah and there's, was, as we know, there's yeah, plenty of those there's, around. The world doesn't need another one of those. No, no, it's fucking boring. It's a cliche, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I'd rather just live my life as is. Yeah. Trying, the only thing I'm trying to achieve is just like learning more about music within myself and more music. And so how'd you end up here in Chicago? So I was when I was living in Indianapolis, I fast forwarding through like living there, I moved downtown, lived downtown for a couple of years, I had a studio apartment for a little bit, and then I moved into like a punk house, like with friends. But it was like a clean punk house, it wasn't like a show space. We like lived in like a nice town. Uh, two-story apartment thing and it was like at one point we crammed as much as many people as we could in there so we like there was like six of us in there but we were all mm -hmm. just doing the same thing anyways all just like working shit yeah pizza jobs jimmy john jobs like delivery jobs i worked at a convenience store right actually i loved my job working at a convenience store was the shit yeah um, uh, and by the time I wasn't living there anymore, like the bands that I was playing in there, which there was a lot of fun. That's that's when I started to like meet more people that were coming in from tour. I started mm. to understand like how labels work and how people like because people go through Indianapolis, from yeah, other yeah. places, yeah. And, and it was you, you tried to go to every show you could because you know everybody skips Indianapolis to come. Mm. You know they come to Chicago, yeah. They go to Ohio, somewhere mm. like they don't really come to Indiana. Though. There's not really a huge like Indiana's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, are these Hoosiers worth our time? Or like that. <laughs> uh, I moved to Chicago because my girlfriend at the time, uh, we broke up for reasons, and I was, like, pretty unhappy. I wasn't really nice to people. Like, I just kind of stopped. Like, I, you know, I still played in, like, one band. You're, would, you're mad at the world? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like 20, 22. That's, that's the age to be, to 20, do, to be mad at the world. Yeah. yeah. I was, like, spending all my money on, like, getting tattooed. I hadn't, like, bought records yet. Is that when the tattoos started, or the tattoos that started earlier? That's this one. I, I, I got, like, a couple tattoos. My first tattoo was when I was 18, and uh, once I started learning about tattooing, I never thought about tattooing. I just loved getting tattooed. I loved, like, yeah. I loved the... the imagery and like the weird like you know kind of background with it. there's such a camaraderie and like a you know thing about being in like certain tattoo shops it's just mm. it's kind of fun it can yeah. also be stressful as fuck because you know i love tattooers most of them are really cool a lot of them can be fucking babies but uh, you know that's anybody in any kind of like art world or something sure you know? like everybody's like trying to make a hustle to like like live their lives or pay their rent or support their family mm -hmm. But most of the people that I've met through tattooing have been like become dear dear friends and like they're, they're like seeing them like grow through their like. So did you know somebody here in Chicago before yeah, you moved yeah. here, or this you guy, knew some people? This guy I know Derek Black. He moved from Indianapolis to Chicago, and he messaged me, and he was like, "How you been doing, buddy?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've been doing all right. I'm not really stoked on being here right now." And he goes. Well, he's like, he goes, I have a room open up in Chicago. He's like, hey, you don't look very happy there. And I, you know, we like the one of the bands I played in, the hardcore band I played in, were called Pick Clean. We we played Chicago a handful of times, so I already started making friends here, uh -huh. in like the punk community. But um, we like, you know, we'd come here and go to Reckless and eat, go to Soul Veg, eat vegan food, and, like mm. go to shows and stage dive and shit. Like that was like a, a regular thing for us coming to Chicago. Yeah. But I never thought about moving here. And then Derek was like, he's like, hey, you don't really seem very happy in Indianapolis. And I was like, yeah. So then I moved it. I moved here, and that was uh, in 2013. So you've been here five years. No, I've been here almost seven. 2013? Wait, makes five. I think or six. I no, mean, I've depending been, on no, 20, 2012. 12? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, which is so like six, five. six, 
I've been here for early two. Yeah, so I've been here for six little, or six going on seven or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Because I've been working at Rainbow for five years. Yeah. <laughs> Which time, yeah, and you landed at Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. Well, when I first moved here, I, I transferred with FedEx because I was working at FedEx. And I, oh, I, okay. I, you were. Oh, okay. So I, I needed to make sure I had a job when I moved here. Right. And then I pretty much just did the same thing. I was like, all right, I'm in a new city, and I only know some people, and you know, I would hang out with people and go to punk shows. But then it's like, well. So I started buying more records, and then I started like I didn't really go to bars because I was still doing like I didn't drink or anything. Yeah. And uh, what was the the non-drinking thing? It was did you have just people around that had problems with it? Was no. that it? No. I just never really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, at at that time in my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely. I mean, my dad drinks craft beer and shit. Yeah. I just I just was always comfortable saying no, and there were, yeah. I never wanted there to be a conflict about it. There never needed to be. There's like yeah. if there is a reason for, for a lot of people, there is a reason. Mm-hmm. And, it, and sometimes I can be a really sensitive subject, you know. Like I, I always have like attack to be like, you know, like if someone's having a hard time, like if you want to talk to me about it, you can. But like, yeah. Or if somebody is having a drinking problem, it's like, man, you need to like fucking chill out, or I don't know. Like, just, I think it, I think it's, it takes a lot of courage, to, like looking at yourself, and be like, man, I'm drinking way too fucking much for like not yeah. the right reasons. And then sometimes, I mean, I think there's a difference between like. Oh, I've been going out way too much just because, yeah. like, I've been really comfortable, like, with my friends hanging out. Like, that, I don't think that means you're an alcoholic or anything. But if no. there's a certain time that you're just like getting fucked up because, like, you're just really going through a lot of shit. It's like, probably. I was just always comfortable saying no. Yeah. So that's good. You're lucky. But there's then, a lot of people that can't say no. Well, then I, <laughs> yeah. Well, then I, then I started because I like whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> whiskey fucking moves. Uh, and I like I'm not a big craft beer guy I like I like pilsners and shit like that so I like I like whiskey but yeah, I don't know Chicago's been pretty cool so far I mean I've met like an insane amount of people I mean cause when I moved here the punk scene kind of shifted like it's, yeah. it's very it's a little segregated here um, which sounds weird cause you know with punks here you know, I'm so used to Indianapolis like everyone like if you're into metal or grind mm-hmm. or Segregated? You mean like the different scene, different yeah. kinds of music? Yeah, and like then, being like, separate. And then from people's, each other? and people's feelings on each other, and a lot of people here like talking shit. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like huge here. Uh, so I, I kind of backed out of it, but I still play in a hardcore band because like we're in, like we're, we're just friends. But you play, yeah, you play in a hardcore band, and then you play in like a sort of like I mean, what would you call Anatomy of Habit? Like. It, it's sort of a, it's kind it's, of a metal band. It's not are, really a metal band. We're just, we're just kind of. He- I always just like a heavy. Them. I don't know. We're doom just, industrial. Yeah. Like I don't know. Kind it's of, a bunch of. Well, I uh, see. I see the hashtags that Mark puts on. You know, he puts like industrial doom. Metal, yeah. Shoegaze. I just. I say we're like just are a sonically heavy awesome? band. Yeah, it's a heavy band, yeah. but it's not. It's not. Yeah, I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't call it a metal band exactly. I don't know. I mean, there are, there are times we have a couple, couple chunk parts, but that's yeah. just, you know, the music we make. I don't know. Yeah, and then, then you've, you've got Mute Duo, which is which sort of this kind of atmospheric, yeah. kind of like sounds. Uh, that, that came from when I first started working at Rainbow. Right, because uh, you met Sam. I met Sam, yeah. he yeah. was working door there. And so yeah, I mean, you play a lot of different kinds of music, Yeah. That, which, which sort of, uh, I mean, it, it, it loops back to where you started, like where you you're doing marching bands and and you're yeah. doing like you know being in a, in a, like a, like a kitty metal band, you know, yeah. like and you have both, which is great, you know, because you can scratch all those different itches, yeah. kind of thing. I mean, 
who knows, maybe in the next like 10 years you'll see me like wearing crazy garments and I'm wearing like a spiritual jazz hat and I'm just Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm totally like world music guy. I don't even I don't even play hard. Like, no, but I mean yeah, before like you were telling me about how you want to get into like visual art and stuff you want to stretch. It'd be nice. Uh, I do never, some stuff. I mean, well, you know, like a lot of musicians do it like, you know, Bill Bill does it like Does Bill? Bill draws. He does? Yeah, you know those, know those. you know the, the cover of the... Uh, I didn't even know he sang until... The, the, the Bill and Riley record? Yeah. The kind of like, like really colorful thing. Oh, he did that? that that's Bill's, yeah. If, uh, like like with the birds and... Yeah, like, like my dumbass probably. I love, he, I, love, I love reading liner notes and I must have overlooked them. Yeah, that's his. Yeah. Tim draws sometimes. Uh, I don't think he shares it with Kinsella. He does some, he does some kind of... That motherfucker does, does everything. Yeah, but he does everything. No, he, but... He does re- everything. Of course he does, yeah. Why not? He's dipped in the same... Like, since I met him... Yeah. It's very bizarre in the way that I met him, because I never knew about him. Yeah. Uh, and just working at Randall... You, you just met him at the bar? No, like... No? We, uh, we met because... A couple of my friends from back home, there's, like, an insane amount of American football fans in Indianapolis. And when I right. first started working at Rainbow, a couple of people hit me up. I'm like, dude, you're working with like the guy, the guy in that band. And I'm like, there's a lot of people in bands that work at Rainbow. And I guess I'm just like another one. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. But the, but they didn't. They mixed up Mike and Tim. Yeah, yeah. They and thought it was the same yeah, guy. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they didn't even, not even mention the cousin. The, yeah. Then there's Nate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but well, once I they're learned, endless Kinsellas. Yeah. Once, once, once I learned. No, how I met him was I started working door shifts uh-huh. a couple times, and then uh, he like once we closed, he like unbuttoned his shirt and he was wearing a shirt that had this image on it, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, can I get you a beer? And I was like, uh, I was like, no, but I'll take that sh- that lungfish shirt. And he's like, whoa. He's like, he's like, most people don't really know what this is. I'm like, yeah, that's Dan Higgs. And, you know? Yeah. And then I found out that this guy like knows Dan. And, I'm a huge fan of Dan Higgs, and then we like kind of met through there. But yeah. then I was like, then I started looking this guy's shit up. And, I was like, oh, that's who Jonah Mark is. Like, I remember, I remember listening to it, but uh, you know, right. And then, and then it went from there. But like, it's it's crazy, like how we met because I'd never met that dude before. Heard about this shit. I met Tim as a, as a, as a barista at a coffee at a coffee shop who who plays Scott Walker all the time. And you know that, that was his thing. He would play like all this real dramatic music. I, I didn't know who he was. He told me I'm not allowed to play Scott Walker at the party. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you get the Scott Walker thing from Tim or no? Tim, I mean, he, I'm sure he goes through phases. For a while, he was just playing Scott Walker all the time. I got into, I got into Scott Walker because I really liked the Walker Brothers. And yeah. then once I started listening to his more avant stuff, yeah. I, uh, one night, uh, Weinstein and uh, Tim, uh, they were DJing, and he played that one song. The, uh, the, the shit, what's it called? I can't remember. But, Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, and I remember being like, oh, this is like, really cool. And so I started checking out like more of that era stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but then I started listening to like this weird shit, and I'd, and I'd like play it at the bar. And he's like, she's like, you can play whatever you want. Just not this. <laughs> she's like, learn how to read the room. Interesting. Like, oh, yeah. It was, just, it, was, it was weird. I was like, damn. Just that, that, that's the line in the sand, huh? Scott Walker. I guess so. That's so funny. Well, uh, she's, she, well, I've gotten in trouble for playing like certain Coltrane records. I'm like, oh, yeah? I'm like it's fucking John Coltrane, dude. Oh, no, like I mean, the more out, yeah. the more out. She's like, she's like, no, listen, yeah, just listen yeah. to me. I'm not yelling at you, but yeah. seriously, sure. You gotta know not to play these atonal records. Yeah. When someone's just trying to sit, they don't want to have like a horn squawking in their face. Yeah, there's this balance you, you know, gotta strike between like playing whatever you want and like 
tor tormenting people, yeah. you know. There's yeah. lots of stuff I won't play at the bar, but I love, I, I just can't. I've tried playing yeah. some stuff and I can tell, and it just doesn't work, you yeah. know. I mean, it's, but it's, it's. Yeah, but you landed in an amazing place for I being into all kinds of music. I mean, you couldn't have done better than Rainbow Club. Well, if I'd never gotten started getting tattooed or getting into like weird art, I would have never gotten that job. That's how I got the job there. Oh, from tattoos? Yeah, I got. I, what? So when I got a job um, at Cafe Streets, which is down the way, across street the coffee street, shop. Yeah, I, uh, musicians and artists go there too. So mm -hmm. um, it's like a third wave, new cool millennial version of Jinx probably <laughs> that you can't smoke in so uh, it's nothing like Jinx no, I, yeah, it's like in, in no way like yeah. Jinx I heard you heard you, you barely ever you might as well just serve some serve some coffee there because all the baristas there are just like too busy smoking cigarettes outside to serve you coffee <laughs> they were smoking they were high you know they were talking to each other uh it, it was fine I mean it was like a weird clubhouse there was a mix of people that would go there Including like the the local gangbangers would hang out there sometimes and oh, scare scare the little cool kids, which is really hilarious. Well, they had a they had some uh, video game usually one or two, and the the gangbanger kids would like to go in and play the games. Yeah, but it was an interesting yeah because it was this was the late '90s and the neighborhood still had a little bit of like uh, the old old fl flavor that's completely dead and gone now. But. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no gangbanger kids at the corner of Damon and Division at this point. <laughs> there's yeah. zero, but uh, there there still were uh, like the remnants of it. Then it was it was the end of it. Yeah, yeah, because places like you know, coffee shops for like cool music musician and art kids are how like these neighborhoods change and get gentrified. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm noticing I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a problem or not. If that's just the way it goes, I, I don't know what the solution is either. Uh, but places change, and one of the ways they change is when these places, like, well, it is cool it is. coffee shops open, and it's that that paves the way for for what Division Street now, which is like walk, just one big fucking sports bar with some strollers walking yeah. out front, you know, but. I don't know how to stop that or change that. Uh, it really, it's just time. Time changes, and you just sometimes you got to evolve with the change. I'm not saying you have to give in. I'm just saying like sometimes it's yeah. You, if you're being forced out of somewhere, yeah. I mean, we're not talking about like you know villages of people being like forced to execute or like things like that. But I mean something like this. Yeah, there's much bloodier changes in yeah. other places, but, uh, but much worse than this. When it comes but, down to this, it's. I mean, I notice like. My neighborhood, it's all Latino families, mm -hmm. and once a coffee shop went up a few blocks away uh, from my, my my spot, I was like, oh shit, because I didn't notice anyone like me around. Like there were no like right. tall white boys with tattoos and shit, like other like, kids that look like. Yeah, I've lived a, in a succession of different yeah. neighborhoods where, like, for a long time, I would watch for yeah, like you say, people like me, and that would make me nervous. Yeah, and because it, that means that means I'm going to be priced out soon. Yeah, when I noticed more yeah. of me walking around. Just like, oh shit. Like, yeah, so you know, yeah, yeah like on some level. When I asked Jimmy, I was like, what was Logan Square like back then? He's like, dude, that's like where you, like, where people want to go fucking buy, like, the heroin and shit. Like, yeah. It's like, it was like, he's like, it was totally seedy. That's where I lived in the early 90s because I wanted to keep away from the art kids. The art kids lived in Wicker Park in the early 90s. 
when I was going to art school. I lived in Logan Square from 91 to 93. Uh, and it was very quiet, you know? It was very quiet in Logan Square. All there was was Mexican restaurants. Uh, the Logan Theater was there, but it was just a dollar. It was a second-run theater, and there was Polish buffet. That's, that's all you had. I mean, I think the best way as a person... <laughs> it's not Portlandia like, like it is yeah, now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. I think the best way to, like, keep your neighborhood, like, alive, though, is, like, fucking go support, like, the shit that's, like, still yeah. there. Like, go to that local Mexican joint or go to that, like, small mom pop store. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, there's a fucking mini Target that they built over there where there could have just been, like, some kind of general shop or some kind of, like, you know, thing. It's just, like, the demand for, like, what is being, like... Amazing. But, yeah, the thing is that, yeah, the people that move in that live in these condos... Yeah. They, they want the things that they know, which is, you know, most of them grew up in the suburbs and they want Target, they want yeah. Starbucks, they want the shit that they know. And, and all those businesses move in after, after the property values rise. And, yeah. But yeah, I don't know how to combat that because people get all uh, angry or nostalgic for like what it, like when it used to be cool, but it wasn't cool. It was, it was just affordable enough for like artists and musicians to live, but those neighborhoods weren't great neighborhoods when yeah. the artists lived there. Oh, that yeah. was just the transition point you, between it being like a war zone and it becoming a shitty, another shitty every, neighborhood. Every time I yeah. drive around Humboldt, sometimes I think, like, damn, this used to be like fucking crazy. Well, the spot that's right down the street from me, Cause Park on Diversity, uh -huh. that was like a whole gang. So, you know, like in Humboldt, yeah. like, I, I mean, when I first moved in there, I did get some like shifty looks from people because I have a lot of tattoos. Like, it looks like I'm like on some kind of agenda when I'm not. I'm just like yeah. going to the corner store and like buy like a soda or water or something. <laughs> and like, they know you're up, you're up to no good. Well, no, it's all it's all about respect. So yeah, yeah. I, 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 remember, I remember like the first year that I moved in, and I was like, people I know from back home in India that like do graffiti and shit. Like I know what good graffiti looks like aside from mm -hmm. like someone tagging that territory. Yeah. So going to this corner store, like this dude behind me, like he was like, hey man, he's like cool tattoos, and you know most people was like, yeah, 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 they talk to me or fuck off or like, oh, okay, yeah. thanks or like gives that like shitty. It's like if someone that looks like this guy, because I notice his gang tattoos and I notice how he looks or how he's dressed himself or presented yeah. himself, he's either halfway asking like, hey, like, who are you with or hey, what's going on? It's a fucking respect thing. It's like he's, yeah, he's if, taking if, the if measure he, of you, yeah, he's, like what you're... Well, he's sizing me up. He's saying yeah, like, hey, right. like, cool tattoos, like, yeah. where'd you get him at? Or like something like that. And I was just like, oh, uh, I go to Taylor Street or blah, blah, yeah. blah. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like over on Ro like Roosevelt. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a tattoo guy that I mm. like there a lot, you know? I mean, I'm not obviously not going to get into a crazy conversation about tattoos because I don't really want to know this guy's name or his profile. I just like don't want any trouble with him. But it's a respect thing because if he's asking me a question and he'd be like, what, are you too fucking good to talk to me? Like, what are you right. So it's like, I don't, I'm not trying to deal with that. You know? like, I just want to, when, when I talk to some of the people in my neighborhood about what it used to be like and there was like a huge game. There still are little games around there. Like, yeah. There was a shooting like about a fucking month ago. Um, right. But um, I actually live a block away from Theo. Uh, John of Arc Theo. Oh, Theo, yeah, yeah. yeah. He lives a block away from me. Um, he lives in the same building as Damon Locks or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that where Damon lives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, uh, dude, like, uh, they were telling me, like, Cos Park was just, like, one big gang. Because it was, mm. like, how humble it was, like, a bunch of fucking little gangs. Yeah. I guess some of them would, like, try to go over and, like, fuck with them. But, like, they always, like, kept their park, like, on lockdown. So yeah. sometimes when I walk through Cause Park, I'm like, oh shit, dude, like, this used to be, like, yeah. looking at that corner over there, Pulaski and Diversity, I'm like, man, just, like, trying to look at it now. Like, yeah. Even it's changing. Oh, yeah, well, but things, yeah, they change all the time. But, uh, like, I'm not saying I want 
like it's a, it's always a, yeah it's always a mixed shit. bag but I'm also uh, saying I don't want like you know I just want everything like low. I just want to be able to like pay my rent and like you know make good connections with my neighbors around me because that's the neighborly thing sure. to do you know don't be in someone's business so fucking much but also like be there for your neighbor when you want them I don't know it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to like affect change mm-hmm no, I don't know if any city has really solved this thing, like how to do this right, you know? How to make a place livable, but not like rob it of any of its ethnic character. Yeah. Like if it was, a, say, a Hispanic neighborhood or a black neighborhood or what have you. Uh, There's still certain. Uh, it's, it seems like it goes way off, either in one direction or the other. You know? oh, yeah. There's never a balance in between. Well, I love that I've been in Chicago for like like six years or whatever and there's still parts of it that I have like not discovered like it's I've, a huge huge city the first city. time I ever went to Rogers Park was to see your art show oh yeah and when I drove through there I'm like man I feel like I just like went back in time a little bit it kind of has like this old school vibe yeah you know it's, I like Rogers Park well yeah I mean like one of the cliches about Chicago is that it's a patchwork and it's like it's just a bunch of tiny little towns like stuck together and each one has like a downtown and yeah yeah like like Wicker Park like like any other and then, and then it kind of radiates out into the residential areas, and then, then another one starts, and there's like dozens of them, you know? Like every neighborhood's got one, basically. Um, so every time you change neighborhoods, you're like in a different city in a way. Which is, yeah, I mean, makes it exciting, which is why I'll probably never leave here, you know? Yeah, I can see myself being in Chicago for a good long time. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been making some really good, like, uh, I like the people that I meet here. Yeah, um, and everyone You're doing a lot of interesting the, creative the, stuff. So the reason I love Chicago, like the artists and stuff here, like the way people go about their shit, is um, people don't tear each other down. Like people support one another. Yeah. I mean, I've never lived in New York, but there just like seems to like so much fucking competition. It's like, oh, you're like you're doing this thing. Well, I'm doing that thing too, but like uh, I'm doing my thing, and it's like come to my gallery show, or come to my show, or I'm on this label, I'm doing this thing. Yeah, Chicago. It's, it's like everyone supports everyone. It's it's a hard place to make a living as a creative person, but it's it's a very easy place to get work done. The challenge here is how to actually just get by on your thing, yeah. rather than having day jobs like we all have these fucking day jobs. Yeah. Like it's really hard not to just have some shit job. Oh yeah. Whereas it, but yeah, in New York it's more cutthroat I think, but. It's more careerist and like everybody's trying to like step on each other to get their, you know, their piece of the pie, and that's not the way we do it here. Yeah. 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 I would agree. Good place to stop. Yeah, good place to call. Thanks to me.